Well, welcome to God's house this morning and in the course of this service we'll be sharing together in the sacrament of baptism. The intimations are already on the sheet uh, for you to have a look at and I encourage you to do so. And now we're simply going to draw close to God in our worship. Well, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad at it. Lord, we come ready to be blessed by you. 
ready to encounter you afresh and to be reminded of all the words of the gospel, of the forgiveness of sins, of life everlasting. So draw close to us now in these moments, for we ask this in our dear Saviour's name. But can I just say, what a joy to join this morning. It's lovely to have the Sunday Club with us as well, and Richard's family and friends. But Richard, it's an absolute joy to celebrate with you this morning as we come to the waters of baptism. But also you're here to profess your faith in Christ. And for those who don't know, Richard came to know the Lord a wee while ago. But he came to know a deep experience that Jesus is real that he's not just someone relegated to the history books, but he's someone who he's come to know and love deeply. And so today we want to celebrate with Richard as he professes his faith, and as he comes now to baptism. Well, the Lord Jesus, after his resurrection and before his ascension to the right hand of God, commanded that the gospel should be preached throughout the whole world. He preached that throughout the whole world it would be instituted the sacrament of baptism, commanding that it should be ministered everywhere and that the gospel is proclaimed. For Jesus said, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things, whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always." even unto the end of the world. And the Apostle Peter also called the people on the day of Pentecost, saying, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is unto you, and to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And so the call of repentance and faith in Christ has been addressed to you, Richard, in the gospel. And you have signified your desire to confess your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ by baptism in his name. Be assured, therefore, that as you truly profess your faith in Christ as your Saviour and Lord, and are baptised, the sacrament will be the sign of the washing away of your sins, the seal of your engrafting into Christ by faith, and of regeneration by the Holy Spirit, and your engagement to be the Lord's. And so you're now required to make public profession. And by doing that, you answer the following questions, which I'll now put to you with the response I do. Richard, do you repent of your sins and profess your faith in God, the Father who has created you, Jesus Christ, the Son who has redeemed you, and the Holy Spirit who has called you to trust wholly in the grace, the free mercy, and the love of God through Jesus Christ? I do. And do you promise to nourish the faith which you have professed by the study of God's word and by prayer in your private devotions and at public worship? I do. And do you promise to give a fitting proportion of your time, talents, and money for the growing of the church's ministry and mission in the world? And do you promise to live, with the help of the Holy Spirit, a godly life? I do. Thank you. Well, I would ask us now to unite our hearts as we pray together. Let's pray. And so, almighty and everlasting God, we thank you that you overshadow Richard with your favour and grace. Lord, you overwhelm him, I know, with your love and your joy. And so we thank you that you've guarded and guided his life, even from early years, until by the inward and powerful work of the Holy Spirit, it pleased you to bring Richard to repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, your beloved Son. And so we give you thanks for the wonderful signs of your covenant love, which you have given to encourage all your people and to strengthen the faith of your church. And so we now give thanks for this sacrament of baptism, instituted and commanded by the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, grant to Richard, now we pray, 
that as he has repented of sin and confessed his faith in Christ Jesus, that he may be inwardly strengthened by the Holy Spirit to die unto sin and to live unto righteousness and be empowered of your spirit to walk and live a full and fruitful life in Christ, empowered of the Spirit. And so in Jesus' glorious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Richard, we now come to the moment of your baptism. And so, Richard, would you come forward here? Thank you. And so we now come to Richard's baptism. And also as he professes faith in Christ, his Saviour, I would ask you now to be upstanding. Let's stand. And so, Richard, I now baptise you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Ah, well, Richard, you will always find a home here in the house of God. And I've been welcomed into the membership here at the High Kirk. And you receive now into the fellowship of this church and are commended to the love and care of all here gathered. And so, we now just bow our heads as we pray together. Let, let's pray. Oh, our eternal God and heavenly Father, we ask that you would bless Richard with your Holy Spirit, that he may rejoice in Christ his Saviour and glorify you forever. Lord, we also pray for Lorraine and all Richard's wider family and friends gathered here today. Oh, may they be strengthened in their love for each other and receive your gifts of wisdom and understanding. And may we all together follow Christ and witness to your love in our homes and in our communities. And may the love of the Lord Jesus draw us to himself. And may the power of the Holy Spirit strengthen us in his service. And may the joy of the Lord fill our hearts now and always. Amen. Amen. Thanks. You, you, you may have your seats. Thank you. Well, at this moment, can I just encourage Richard? Well, we have here, Richard, this is the whole service, even all the hymns. So we've got the words. I know it's very small print. You'll, in old age, you'll get your glasses out and have a good I'll read. <laughs> And so it just means that you'll never forget what happened on the day. And I, I know that we can get caught up with the joy meeting everyone. And so, but we've got your whole t text here for the, the service. Can I also give you a statement of the Christian faith? This is uh, from the Church of Scotland. We present you with that. And also, we want to give you a Bible. And so this is from the High Kirk. And also your certificate of baptism. And then we also... Everyone who joins the High Kirk, often through the weeks before the profession of faith and baptism, I pray just that the Lord will give me a word for Richard or for those who are being baptised or professing faith. And just over this week, the Lord just laid on my, on my heart this verse, in fact, just these words. And it's from Philippians 4, verse 13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And so, Richard, I know at the night of your wedding, you had, yourself and Lorraine had your own special music to begin the dance. Well, now you've got your special verse, Philippians 4.13. And I pray that it'll be a verse that will really speak to your heart and that whenever you're down and whenever you're on the mountaintops, that you can always look to that scripture verse and say, well, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And so that's your Bible promise, Richard. Thank you. And I'm now going to invite the Sunday Club. I believe they've got a presentation for you too. Thank you. Oh, well done. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. <laughs> uh.
Our reading from God's Word this morning comes from the Old Testament book of Exodus, chapter 15, and reading from verse 22, page 77 in the Pew Bibles. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they travelled in the desert without finding water. And when they came to Marah, they couldn't drink its water because it was bitter. That's why the place is called Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam, where there were twelve springs and seventy palm trees, and they camped there near the water. Amen. And may God add his blessing. And now, our prayers for others. Let us pray. God of all, you have called us to follow you. You have called us to care for your world and for your children. You have called us to be a blessing and not a curse. When we look at our homes, our communities and at the world around us, we see signs of blessing. We also see the need for love and care. As we think of all the different families here in Stevenson, we remember those who are not with us today, those who need to know you are close at this time. We think of all the things that happen within Stevenson and the Three Towns, activities that take place in and around it, all the people who have grown up here or moved here in recent times, those who live and work here, who learn and play here, love and care here. We need to bring them all before you now. Especially those known to us in our hearts has been deeply in need of your aid and the aid of your people in these days. We think of our country and all the different and difficult decisions being made in parliaments we think of the communities facing different challenges, the closure of large employers, the disappearing industries that have supported communities. And we think too of those who find it hard simply because their health is failing. We pray for healing, for fullness of life, and peace everlasting. We think of the world that you love so much that you gave our only son. And so, Lord, we too ask that you will give us a deep love for the world around us, a desire to share the good news of Jesus Christ, a desire to speak out to, to power with words of wisdom and healing and blessing. Lord, we simply ask that you'll make us to be the yeast which permeates our community, our nation and our world. For we ask these things in our dear Saviour's name. Oh, thanks so much, Alan. Well, can we turn to our reading there in Exodus? And once again, we're continuing in our series, this journey, our journey to freedom. As we go from 
Egypt to Mount Sinai, where God met with Moses and the people of God in a unique way, in a very special way. But can I ask a question? Have you ever had the experience in your life of hitting a brick wall? I don't mean literally, or maybe you have. But have you ever had that experience where you feel as if you're hitting your head of a brick wall? You just feel as if I can't get out of this rut, or you can't solve the problem, or you can't seem to just, oh, get on top of whatever you're trying to get on top of. Or maybe you've said that wonderful phrase, oh, when it rains, it pours. <laughs> Have you had that experience too? You think you're getting over one hurdle and then you're, fa you're facing a bigger problem. You thought you were doing so well. And so, yes, I believe many of us have maybe had that experience of just hitting a brick wall. You can't seem to go any further forward. You're stuck in a rut and you just can't get out. And maybe for some it could be ill health. For others it can be a struggle in the family. It can be a struggle in our community. Maybe there's a struggle going on in your own life. And you just feel, I just can't go on any longer. It doesn't matter what you do, you just are blocked in. You know, we're told that the city of Jericho, I love the King James Version, it says that Jericho was straightly shut up. Nothing could get out and nothing could get in. And, you know, sometimes we feel like that. We just feel as if, do you know, nothing seems to affect me or touch me. I see others getting blessed, but no, there's nothing for me. I see others who seem to be happy in life. People seem to be content. Things seem to be going well with others, but not me. Oh, I don't get blessed. And nothing comes out. We don't feel love. We don't feel that joy. We don't feel that peace. And therefore we just lock ourselves away until the indignation is over. <clears throat> well, here in our reading this morning, Israel had hit a brick wall. Do you remember how they came out of Egypt? They came out of that place of suffering, that place of anguish, where they were beaten, where they were trodden upon, where they were treated like pieces of furniture. Their life had no value. And now God, their shepherd, their deliverer, brought them out of Egypt. And then, oh, the showers of God's blessing began to pour. But it wasn't long before the enemy came chasing after again. And things seemed to be even worse. Now Israel, coming out with the joy of the Lord, now we're faced with these 600 Egyptian charioteers and the army of Egypt coming after them. And here they are by the shore. And God opens up a way of blessing. And he goes before them. Like a loving shepherd, he leads his sheep through that Red Sea. And this sea is parted. The seas now, they're like walls on either side of them. And the temptation, I'm sure, would have been to look back and to see the enemy getting nearer and nearer. Have you ever done that? You're trying to, you're walking, you're, you're walking with the Lord, but then you're tempted to keep looking back. We look back to our past. We look back to our past regrets, our disappointments, our discouragements. We go back to the past and we say, Lord, can you really forgive me of all these sins that are back there? And you know, I love how the Lord, his presence didn't just go before them. He then went behind them. I love that. So as they looked forward, they were in the presence of God. As they looked back, the presence of God was with them. And as they went through that Red Sea, oh, they were singing, they were dancing. You haven't seen a choir like this, as we shared last Sunday morning. A choir of over two million 
gathered there. Can you imagine it? Over two million people singing with joy and dancing. Well, the journey now continues. And as we continue into chapter 15, we now find the song has gone. The singing has stopped. The dancing, they've got no heart for dancing. Why? Because they've now come into the desert of Shur and they've now hit literally a brick wall. <laughs> In this place, it may have been called because of the old Egyptian fortresses that were built along that desert land. But it was also known as the wall in that certain area. And here they were now facing this wall. So what do you do when you hit a brick wall? What do you do when you can't seem to go forward? Well, here they were. As they hit this wall, as they lost heart, something far worse happened. They ran out of water. They had run out of water. Oh, when it rains, <laughs> it pours. Can anything get worse? We can't go forward. We can't seem to go any further. And what? There's no water now. What on earth is happening? Where is God in all this? Can you hear their heart cry? And so here they now come to this desert and now God brings them to the waters of Mara. And you think, oh great, there's hope. After three days, they come to the rivers of Mara. And as there's water now, they taste the water. They all take a drink and what happens? They spit it back out. The waters were bitter. You could not drink these waters. It was possibly because of the mineral salts that gathered in this area. It tasted of myrrh. There, there was a horrible smell from the waters and there was a horrible taste. And so they were known as the waters of Mara. You know, Matthew Henry, the commentator, he said, the greatest joys and hopes are soon turned into the greatest griefs and fears. So true. One moment we can be singing and dancing. And in the next moment, we're going through a season of bitterness and anger and unforgiveness. We may have had some great expectations when we were young. Excitement about the future. We were going to live a full life, get a good job. We we're going to see a family grow. And all was going to be well. All was going to be peaceful. We were going to see a revival in Scotland. We were going to see the church full to overflowing. And our greatest joys and hopes can then turn to griefs and fear. And so here's Israel, bitterly disappointed. They were depressed discouraged they were they felt empty and here they were by these waters knowing that they were thirsty but they couldn't drink they couldn't drink these bitter waters they were overwhelmed and you know when I was reading about Israel here in this wilderness I was thinking about King David when King David had disappointments in his life when his son had turned his back on him. And David was treated as an outcast even by his own family. And he's now in this wilderness. And in this wilderness, David tells us that he was thirsty. But listen to him in Psalm, in Psalm 63. He says, O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Here's David writing of his experience when he was in a desert. When he was so thirsty. 
Even when life was falling apart, David said, I'm going to continue to seek after you, Lord. I'm going to continue to follow you. Lord, my soul thirsts for you. Yes, I'm thirsty in this wilderness, in this dry ground, but Lord, I'm thirsting more for you. I want you, despite this season of bitterness, despite coming to the waters of bitterness, Lord, I need you. I seek after you with all my heart. Oh, David. See, when things go wrong in life, it's your temptation to follow even more harder after the Lord, to seek the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, with all your strength. Or when things go wrong, is the first thing you want to do is actually run away from God. Do you run away in bitterness? Well, if that's what God's done to me, I'm not going to go follow him anymore. When things go wrong, when the storm comes, when the trials come, we're told there, when Jesus shared of the parable of the sower, he told us that some seed fell on amongst thorns and it grew up quickly. There was excitement. There was joy in the Lord. Oh, I'll follow you, Lord. But then when the storms come, when the trials come, when the thorns grow up, when bitterness comes against us, then we shrink away. As we come to the waters of bitterness, here, notice in verses 22 to 24, then we come to verse 25, and I love this. In verses 25 and 26, notice, there at the waters of bitterness, God makes a way of blessing. Ah. From a wall of bitterness comes a way of blessing. As the people moaned and grumbled, notice them, they're they're groaning and moaning away. And look at Moses. What's Moses doing? He's praying. He's praying. And you'll always find that in a church. When things go wrong, you'll always find some will moan, some will groan, and others you'll see praying. Moses was one of those who prayed through the storms, who prayed through the waters of bitterness, who prayed through the seasons of darkness, who prayed through the challenges. And so as they came now to that way of blessing, notice how God showed them. In fact, the word here, it says, God showed Moses a tree. And the word there that's used for showed, it's the same word, it's the root word of the same for Torah, you know, the law, the Israel regarded the first five books of the Bible especially as their Torah, their, the Pentateuch, the law. But Israel never understood the law as sets of rules and regulations. That's not the way they saw it. The Torah, the, the Bible of the Jewish people, they saw the, the law as It was a a knowledge of the way of blessing. That's how they saw it. The Torah, the law, was the knowledge of the way of blessing and salvation. God showed them a way of blessing. He showed them a way of salvation. And what did he show them? Well, he showed them that a tree must be thrown into the bitter waters. And when that tree is cast into the waters, the waters will become sweet. Oh, can you see the gospel? Can you see the gospel? Do you remember? As Jesus hung on that tree, the tree of Calvary. See, when when the tree of Calvary, when the cross of Christ is applied to the bitter areas of your life I'll tell you sweetness comes sweet salvation comes the sweetness of Christ will turn that which is bitter to sweetness he will bring joy again he will restore peace he will restore that love amazing grace 
And so as the wood was put into the waters, oh, they could drink. They could drink. I wonder today, have you come to the waters of bitterness? Have you come to a situation in your life where you just feel overwhelmed? You feel just, I don't know what to do. Well, this morning, the Lord shows us a way of salvation, a way of blessing. And he asks us to cast the wood into that stream or that water of bitterness that you're experiencing right now. Let the cross of Christ, let Christ, oh, may the cross be applied to that area of your life. Oh, that Jesus would come in and touch your life, that he would, oh, bring the healing streams of heaven upon your soul, that you will be able to drink, oh, taste and see that God is good. Will you come to Christ this morning? Whatever you're going through, however you're feeling, will you come to the waters? Will you come to those beautiful, sweet waters? Come to Christ himself and drink and live. And so as God showed them the way of blessing, it had to be through that wood. The blessing came through a a piece of wood thrown into the waters. And then, of course, these waters, as they became sweet, notice in verse 27, they're now not just brought from this way of blessing. They're now brought to the wells of salvation. Notice in verse 27, God now makes a promise. If you follow me, if you're obedient to my word, if you listen to me diligently, if you seek after me with all your heart, if you call upon me while I'm near, as you follow me, God promises that he will bring us to these wonderful wells of salvation, these waters of bitterness would become sweet. And again, God is not going to cause these waters to be like the Nile. He's not going to bring the plagues of Egypt upon these waters. He's not going to turn the waters to blood. No. Oh, come into the wells of salvation. I will show you the way of blessing and salvation. God will make the water sweet. God desires that each one of us here today come to him. That we would come and drink and live. And even in the place of bitterness, God promises blessing. Here the Lord comes to the people and he invites them. Come, for I am the Lord who healeth thee. I am Jehovah Rapha. I love that. The word Rapha, there, it means to put back to its original use, to restore something to its original use, what it was purposed for. Here the Lord says, I am your God who heals. I will restore you. I will restore your love, the love that you once had for me. Do you remember when you were in love with me, when you used to love coming to church? when you used to love hearing the great hymns, when you used to love my presence, and even when you went through storms, you were, you'd be the first one at church. You would still come. Oh, do you remember these days? Well, I will restore these days to you. I'll give you joy again. I'll give you a love for me. Oh, to be filled with the love of Christ again, to be restored to what we were purposed for. Do you know that each one of you here today, the purpose of your life is to glorify God. You were created for God himself. God was meant to be in every heart, every heart upon the planet. They were created to be with the Lord, to be with God in the beginning. That's been God's desire, is that he created this world 
so that he would dwell with his people. But over the centuries, notice countless numbers who fall away, who say, no, I'm not going to bother with God. That's an old ancient myth. And see, when people turn their backs on God like that, when they just discard him from their lives, and you'll see it in schools, you'll have people who will just be so militant about get prayer out, get these school assemblies out. Oh, we don't want God in school. We don't want God anywhere, actually. Get God out of politics, by the way. We don't want any MPs or MS, MSPs or anyone professing faith in, in religion, in Christianity. No. Get God out of that. And see, when we do that, when God is missing, you'll see a, a very bitter world. You'll see a very bitter world. You'll see a, a world that will be at war constantly. You're not going to see wars cease. You're going to see an increase in wars. Our God is a God of peace. He's a, he, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He is love. He is joy. He is peace. Without God, we're not going to have peace. We're not going to have love or joy. We may have a form of it, but we're not going to know the power of the eternal God, the power of the Holy Spirit that can bring sweetness to a place of bitterness. And so God comes and he invites us, oh, come to me. I really care what you're going through. I care about you. I really do. And I love you deeply. I want to bless you, not curse you. I want you to come and experience my love and my joy. And see, when you go through storms, I promise you, I'll be with you through every storm. I'll help you cope, whatever you face, because I'll be with you. And here they come to the wells of salvation. And as they follow the Lord, notice how it ends. They come to Elam. It's abounding in blessing. In fact, we're told there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees. There you see a place of abounding blessing. From bitterness to blessing. Oh. Well, today, we celebrate with Richard. Today, Richard has come to the waters of baptism, where the waters have been made sweet. And Richard and Lorraine too, and the family, and the church family here, I do pray that each one of you here, whatever you're going through, oh, that you would experience today the sweet blessing of Christ as you come to him as you trust him afresh I pray that your family your community, your streets I pray that the Lord will bless you and encourage you as you turn to him and so as we do that today let's just come for a moment in prayer and let's just call on the name of the Lord Let, let's pray Lord, I just want to thank you for your sweet presence here with us. And Lord, I know that there are maybe hearts here today that have known bitter experiences. Lord, maybe they've had bitterness in their life where they've seen things go wrong, things go out of control, where they've been left feeling so broken, feeling so empty, feeling so lonely. Lord, even when the house is so full, we can often feel so lonely in ourselves. And we live with the bitterness of past regrets and disappointments and discouragements. But Lord, today I thank you for your invitation to come to the waters and the wells of salvation, to come and drink, to come to Christ and to know his blessing. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died, yes, on that cross of Calvary. But because of that d death on Calvary, Lord, our own situation now can become so sweet as we apply the cross, as we apply Christ crucified to our lives. But Lord Jesus, we thank you 
that you that you are risen indeed and lord you pray for us right now you sit at the right hand of the father you're ascended on high and lord you daily pray for us and so lord we come to you today and lord we ask that you would fulfill your prayers over us oh may we know answered prayers not just our own answered prayers but lord the prayers that you have over us oh lord bless and lord bless our fellowship here as we pray in jesus precious name amen to the river and going bringing sin Christ comes or calls you, and then forevermore.